Welcome to Power Plant Radio, brought to you by Prana On. I'm Billy Simmons, and in our program, we dig deep with outstanding members of the Prana On tribe. Our guests share their personal journeys so we can all learn, benefit, and appreciate what it takes to achieve greatness. From politics to sport, nutrition to ethics, from setbacks to success, and all around good vibes, this is Power Plant Radio. got some footage of you eating meat um, what have you got to say for yourself in front, well, of, in front of the home viewers and, and listeners out there in front of the home viewers a uh, picture of me eating meat fake vegan fake vegan i know you know what that's if, the thing how do you respond to these allegations luke well you just got to own up man you got to take ownership <laughs> of what you've done yeah right. you know you gotta learn you've live built, and learn you've built your career on plant-based pretty and, much um we saw you at kfc oh that three-piece feed mate man of three pieces i've off lies i wore my hoodie for a reason and obviously that didn't work <laughs> no you were spotted mate oh. they saw the guns i was it, it i was, was ordering it's one of those hoodie vests like rocky i was ordering the chips though they saw the tats you have a gravy bro gravy i didn't have the gravy the three-piece feet we saw you oh man busted, you. Busted. you even asked specifically for the wings busted, like your man. lats weren't enough you had to get other wings i know like you know Disgusting. You know, disgusting. All right. There you go. <laughs> Three-piece feet. Yeah. Oh, right. well, fine. I don't think that's even a thing, mate. I think it oh. starts at like 10, right? Like, yeah, well, I did used to have 10. You know, you did used to have like, I used to have like a bucket. A, bu- so, a yeah, bucket of yeah. chicken. Like my cheat day, I'll just get like a bucket of gravy. And just then, hate yourself. Just mugging it down. Exactly, man. You just feel so dirty after that. Just punching yourself. Yeah, you punch yourself. What did I do this for? Exactly, man. And then you do it again. Yeah, you cry. (laughs) You cry and you do. Then you drive past. It's like the toxic. It's like the toxic relationship, man, that you have. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You just keep going back to it. It's like you know how it makes you feel, but something about it just kind of draws you in. Well, it's it's engineered. Oh, well, pretty much. Franken food. It is. They've made it. uh, So a wing that doesn't look actually like a wing. You know, well, breast mate, that's the, that's the sad reality. Yeah. Chickens are getting fucking hormone induced, exactly. selectively bred just to be these little meaty beasts. That exactly. Live short lives, so their exactly. flesh is somewhat I don't know fucking tasty. They maybe they feed them the eleven herbs and spices or something. Probably. Yeah. Who knows? No one knows. That's the thing. No one knows. Well, there, there was ones that I actually cut into one, and it was like a, kind of like a pus sack. So did you keep? I didn't. I I just pushed it aside. Push and I ate yeah, the next one. So fuck. You know what's always weirded me out is that people that eat chicken, eat like barbecue chicken, and they eat the stuffing that's been shoved up. Its oh ass. yeah, yeah. Uh, I quit. I that's one. And that's thing. a thing at KFC too, isn't uh, it? The bready stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. There is sometimes you find that bready stuff. I maybe it's a mixture of pus and bread, but um, that's fucked up. Yeah, I'm gonna pretty, eat its ass. Yeah, exactly. Hey, maybe that's why. That's maybe that's how like. You know, like millennials are all a bit, a bit too dirty these days for their own good because they've learned to eat ass from, eating from more starting young barbecue really. chickens. They're from just getting, like, yeah, they're just getting there. And just, oh, let's have the stuffing with like with with toast. Yeah, you know, yeah. So eat, eat ass, whatever. Yeah, eat exactly. chicken butt, eat ass. Wow. Cool. Oh, so I think we just solved solved something. Well, we should get started, so. though. I think we should so, get started. Was that that was not the start. That was not the start. <laughs> that, was the start. That, was a, that was a little bit of just banter. Warm, that was a bit of banter. That was warm just up. a bit of banter, just to kind of lighten the mood up. Yeah, for sure. Um, but all right, Luke Tan, 
Welcome to Power Plant Radio. It's my absolute honor, my friend. We've known each other for quite a while now. I still remember our first meeting. Actually, it was on the cloud that I gave you at Nikki's. We had a big vegan view. Like, meeting Billy Simmons, and here we are. You know what? Six years, five? I can't remember. Five it was years? a bit longer than... Yeah, maybe maybe about six years ago. Yeah. Uh, that was a solid feed. I remember that. I saw a photo the other day. Mm. Isn't it funny when you look at photos uh, from a few years ago, your style was to, you just cringe when you see it. Yeah. And that yeah. wasn't that long ago. No, exactly. But there was like the hair, you'd, you'd oh, like man. spike your hair yeah, up in totally, the middle. Totally. And uh, yeah. even yeah. the shirts and things there. The pink shirt. The pink shirt. You, know, you love, wore a pink shirt. I love, I love pink though. But I haven't worn pink in a while, so... But, uh, man pink salmon. it's man pink you know you, you, you gotta have confidence to wear pink man I reckon we've got the skin tone for it that's it the contrast <laughs> so mate um, that was six years ago I think so yeah. and uh, and then since then uh, you've been a part of the Prana on Tribe mm. uh, you know both peripherally and, and also quite you've, you've been involved in some of the uh, the events and things that we've been we've been doing over the years uh, you're out there in Singapore repping the brand in Asia mm. but that's just a small part of uh, you know, we we identified that that um, you know you you were really out there promoting a really positive message. And when I started to learn about your journey, uh, I thought, wow, you know, there's a guy who's who's really got a story to tell. Uh, particularly because I think for a lot of our listeners, they'll they'll really relate. Um, you know, you weren't certainly born into a, in, into a set of circumstances that would would have dictated that you'd go on to to do many of the things that that you've done. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted for our listeners to understand, uh, just Luke, Luke Tan right now, he's, he's a dad, mm. uh, he's an athlete, mm. he's an entrepreneur, um, he's a husband and, uh, he's a DJ too. Do, oh yeah. Can, well, can mix some, some beats. Some, some good. We've, we've had the decks out. Tracks, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but there, there's a lot more to it. Um, but you know, people would look at that and just think, okay, you've, you know, you've, you've had the type of upbringing, you've, you've had the type of experiences that. That would that makes sense that you're that guy, but it's actually been a pretty pretty big struggle for you, hasn't it, to to get to that point of living living really your ideal life, the yeah. life that you you would have dreamed about, and yes. um, you know sometimes it's not as glamorous uh, when you're living it, but but ultimately when from the outside looking in, you are you're living that that life that that I know that you've been really striving to mm. to create. So going back, uh, t- tell us about uh, first of all growing up because I have seen. Uh, some photos and I've, I've read your book and also understand a little bit um, about about what you went through when you were younger. Yeah, I mean, growing up, I was always a pretty sick kid. Um, I had nephrotic syndrome, kidney disease, pretty rare case, and I had epilepsy as well, and I had chronic asthma. So I was in and out of hospital a lot, and and because of the um, the drugs that the doctors put me on, I was on a high dose of steroids, uh, epileptic pills, um, I was borderline obese, so and I remember I was just really puffy because my kidneys could not process um, process the protein, could not process the food, and it was just and, and I was basically holding water, and I was just puffy, and because of that, um, I was you know quite fat, and also because of my 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 kidney not able to actually handle and absorb any protein I was eating my doctor and my mum and, and my family basically got me eating lots and lots and lots of protein. So pro- my whole protein journey started when I was a kid. You know, I had to eat liver. I hated wow. liver, liver, lots of fish, lots of chicken because every time that I ate that, um, I had to check this. We had like a little 
pee stick mm. every time that I had to pee it had to check okay one plus two plus three plus meaning how much protein I was excreting and sometimes it was three plus so my body just wasn't wasn't really handling any uh, really wasn't absorbing any of that so I was pretty much quite sick um, fortunately though I had um, a really good pediatrician and I think probably luck fate whatever you want to call it I got a lot better but because of the steroids, I got quite um, stunted in my growth because I was like probably about 10, 11. So they put me on um, a, a pilot dose of like hormones just to kind of hope that it will help with spiking my growth a little. And it did help. I think when I was 13 to 14, I kind of kind of grew a little bit more right. um, because of these hormones. And it was for a short period of time. And um, yeah, pretty much was injecting myself every day, and and it wasn't it wasn't ideal, and it was so painful because um, you know you're when you're t a kid, 10, 11, 12 oh, years old. Needles suck. Yeah, you know needles yeah. suck. Period. But when you're so young, yeah, and uh, you got doctor's orders, check this out. Yeah. So there was there was some time I actually just I hated it, so I just flushed it down the toilet bowl. Wow. Just because I. Sometimes the needle would go in and I was, it, the needle would bend because it hit the muscle yeah. and I, it hurt. So I just flushed, so I flushed quite a bit of it. Wow. But still, I mean, it did help a little. Yeah. And uh, as a result, I kind of shot up when I was 13, 14. And, you know, my, my dad was always into uh, fitness. You know, we used to go to like the, like the GNC back in the day, Nature's Farm. He'd buy these protein powders and, you know, I'd try it. That's like, cool. Yeah. yeah so yeah. he was like, doing the marathon running doing he had his home gym so okay. I, I always watched him doing his little gym workouts at home and that kind of inspired me and and from then on um you know being a teenager you watch at back in the day it was wwe you know hulk hogan yeah all those guys ultimate warrior and all of that um moving forward so so i i got into the whole gym doing how, how did you shake off the idea that i'm a sick kid I've got to do this every day. My body's not absorbing protein, yeah. which you would have worked out at some point that you need protein. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you need some protein. You don't yeah. need maybe as much as yeah. what you're being fed, but you couldn't absorb it. But you need protein to grow muscle. So what? how did you shake off the idea that I'm going to have a crack at this anyway? I'm going to get in the gym. I think I think I didn't really think too much about it. For me, it was just like, it's just what I had to do. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was just a, process of just um you know I, I just saw like i said i saw all these guys getting jacked i mean not getting jacked but they were pretty jacked yeah they were pretty jacked you know <laughs> as a, no they're taking different kinds of needles well, I, and there was no, there was no flushing no no <laughs> not at all yeah. and, and i think i just saw that and i i didn't really think too much of it because that was my reality anyway back when i was a kid but you know i i didn't think too much about it but my parents kind of was worried that i was gonna go um, and that's why they kind of really doted on me a lot. Um, but in that sense, uh, I didn't think too much about it. And I just kind of went ahead because it felt good to, to go to the gym, to do your bicep curls, to do your bench press and, and all that with, with some mates. I got into basketball. But um, during the time when I was 13, 14, I was that transition phase, I was also obese. And I was part of this thing called the Tough Club, Trim and Fit Club, where all the obese kids were were um, kind of lumped together to do exercise class and we were and back wow. then back then um, we actually had our pictures on the on the on the canteen like we were like mark mark guys so the moment 
So, oh wow! So meaning that if we were one of those guys on on the, the like you would get you, get you 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 wouldn't get the nice like the fried food and and stuff like that. They so so they I don't do that these days. No, do no, no, they 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 wouldn't get away with it now. So no. and this is in um, which part of the world? Singapore, Singapore. It's in yeah. Singapore, so they're a little bit less politically correct yeah. even now. Uh, I think but, now it's changing now. Yeah, it's changing. Say, well, that was back in the day. Back in the day, like when you think trim and fit club, T A F, when you spell that back, what's what is this? Fat, right? Well, <laughs> come on, guys. Like, wow. But luckily, I graduated out of it. But I had. So, my, did the program work? I mean, despite I, it being I, very un PC. I, I don't know. Maybe like it did. You maybe got into the gym. Well, let's just say I didn't have to food. One, I had one less fried chicken during the day. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> maybe. Maybe it did. There's something in there. I don't yeah. know. Maybe. Uh, anyway, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't condone that. But, no, uh, but it's, it's interesting to see that somehow it, it guided you. It guided uh, me. And, and other influences and things you had going on. But so you got in the gym, started lifting. Oh, um, you would have been a, a you know. Lift, moving some weight if, yeah. you're, if you're a heavier set yeah. um, and you weren't doing any cardio or anything like that no I wasn't doing just cardio just a lot of strength stuff um, you know a ch- typical teenager just biceps chest yeah. shoulders nothing else Yeah. Um, maybe back triceps and stuff like that but stuff that you can see so none none of that none of really all the way up to my kind of my uni that's really that's how my journey into Australia began I c- came to Melbourne, went to Melbourne in 1999. Oh, I mean, in Singapore, we have a national service. So I did national service as well. So that allowed me to drop a bit of body weight as well. Yeah. Um, and what was your role in the national service? I was a military policeman. Yes, that's right. Oh, you were a narc. Oh, I know. Yeah. Well, not a narc. It was like a, I mean, so explain that because you've told me about this before and it was uh, pretty interesting. You're a young oh, man. I was a young man. I mean, let's just say, I can't go into, I can't go into specific details yeah. because I mean, obviously it could be classified still. I mean, it's Ooh. like decades, like, okay. But, um, but it was military intelligence. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of military intelligence. Um, but you know, back, back in the day we, we used to do like, um, spot checks on, uh, units that were coming back from overseas exercise, uh, exercises to catch contraband. Yes. Chewing gum, you know. <laughs> That's Singapore. Chewing gum. <laughs> chewing gum. Free thoughts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Anti-government well, sentiment. Yeah, well, and, yeah. you know, just 21 packs of cigarettes maybe, you know, instead of 20. I don't know. Yeah. Cigarettes, contraband, uh, uh, porno, yeah. um, stuff like yeah. that. So uh, some of that, and, and I think we, we did a little bit more kind of secret stuff. Yeah. Um, but it was it was stressful being a 17, 18 year old to put be put under that. It was a lot of mental Absolutely. pressure, having to um, police exactly adult men exactly who just come back from maybe being out um, yeah. you know, in in live action exactly. theaters and you're coming back and trying to shake him down. You're a 17 year old guy and some some of yeah. these guys older men are in triads as well. Back in the day, you know that was yeah. that was that was yeah. the, that was the day. Yeah. So wow. yeah, it was it was stressful. Wow. To see. So then, so you, you left that yeah. and came out to Australia to do uni. Yeah, I came out to Australia in nineteen ninety nine to uni Mel- Melbourne, uh, RMIT communications major cool. in television production. So that's really how my journey into kind of the corporate industry began. Um, you know, I went into audio engineering because I, I love music, DJing. So um, after television production, went to audio engineering. Um, couldn't really find a job. Became an AV tech. Yep. Gaffing tape, uh, gaffing cables on the ground, oh, like for events and things like for that. For events, yeah. and I think the natural progression was like, okay, well, I was an AV tech for quite, and the hours were crazy, man. Mm. 60, 70 hours, long, long, long hours. Um, in summer, wearing black shirt, black pants, gaffing, 
um, setting up lights and a 30 degree day in a hotel room with the air condition off. And it's just what I had to do because it's a job, you know, and, and at that point in time, it's, if only, if only I can become an account manager because, you know, AV technician is like hospitality where you work around other people's yeah. kind of schedules. You're the first in, last out. So I, I wanted, uh, and I saw the account managers as sales, like, wow, well, speaking with the clients, having the good food. They're not sweating. Not sweating, yeah. you know, coming in and out and having a good time. Schmoozing. Exactly. Wining and dining. Yeah. Wining and dining. And, and eventually, I, funnily enough, I, I eventually made my way there and, and I became an AV tech, senior AV tech. And eventually, I, a role came up and I became an account manager. So I was like, okay, in that sense, all right, well, I'm getting towards, uh, uh, and I thought, well, maybe I can do a creative side. But the longer, the the more I got into that role, the more I realized that, you know, it's just like anything, you know, you always think maybe the next paycheck, maybe the next promotion is going to make me happy, fulfilled. But I never got there. Yep. I got into the account management role. Um, a few companies, I think back in the day it was uh, eight advantage. But anyway, yeah, um, few, few, few venues. And it reached a point where I, I worked for a company. I won't mention the name, but um, I was an account manager there. I got the role. I was like, yeah, awesome. I'm going to be doing these big events. You get business cards. You got the... Oh, yeah. I got my own business, business cards. Business cards. Business cards. Felt quite special. So so. Feeling quite proud? Yeah, man. How did, how did it go for you? I didn't go very well, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest, I think I shared this with you over yes. the, 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 the car when we were in, in our drive. And I remember... I didn't cut the mustard because I wasn't making sales because from this, I didn't really have much sales experience. I was an AV tech. I didn't know how to sell and I didn't cut, I didn't, I didn't make my numbers. I didn't make the quota. So they basically, I remember one afternoon, my um, sales manager came in and said, look, pack your stuff. Like, um, pack your stuff? Pack your stuff. Like, yeah. yeah, I was like, what do you mean? Like, just pack your desk now. Uh, like right now? Yeah. Yeah, pack it now. So he just stood right there and he got in the box and there and then packed everything and I just literally walked out with like a, a like a dog with a tail between my legs, like what the hell just happened? Wow. But funnily enough, inside I felt liberated because I hated I didn't really like the job anyways. He wanted the job. I wanted the job. Uh, and, and that was your perceived uh, like in the hierarchy of the world yeah. you're in, that was kinda like you could be not top dog, but you had a better life and Yeah. Uh, a better opportunity. But hours. Yeah, yeah. But then ultimately you you're in it and you're like, mm, this is not it. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So it's a blessing in disguise. It was. And at, during this time were you training? Yeah. Well, not really. I, I was training in like the fitness first, but nothing serious. I mean, when you opened my my drawer, there was like instant noodles and yeah. up and go. So I didn't really know what I was doing, but I was still training. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was kind of having protein. That's the, like the poverty meal plan yeah pretty much noodles and, and up and noodles, goes up and yeah. goes up and goes you know you get your granola bars you know yeah you know that's a healthy healthy alternative yeah right? okay and you don't eat it because it sucks yeah the nice stuff but um but yeah you know that was that was that but really um for me in 2008 was um when i lost the, the global financial financial crisis hit then that's why i lost lost my lost my job like I went to another role, a contract role, and then after that, there was salt. There was nothing. Yeah. Okay. GFC. Yeah, yeah GFC, I remember yeah. that. I was in uh, in banking at the time, so yeah, pretty brutal industry to it be was. in. It would right be. at the epicenter of the yeah. it. But um, 
So, so you lost your job. A lot of people did at yeah. that time. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I went, I was a contract role, but there was nothing out there. Yeah. I mean, events was the first, last thing that companies wanted to spend. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of companies just went to, you know, non-essential, yeah. non-essential just went. Um, yeah. So, and, and that was like a result of credit tightening and just mm. businesses just having to, having to bunker down for a while. Um, and, and I'll you know, be banking. Actually, we saw that. So banks just wanted to shrink their book. They just did. They just didn't want to have as much out there. Um, so they started calling it all in. So yeah. businesses that were used to having a bit of debt had to suddenly pay it back real quick. Yeah. And um, and that yeah, that, brutal. that crushed them. So yeah. so you lost your job. Uh, then we couldn't find anything. Couldn't find anything. I was you know I did a lot of odd jobs here. And I was working in a call center as well. Um, hated that you know 100 calls a day yeah. like I've done that That's yeah goodness man you know I was uh, because I had this desk that we took like 100 calls a day and we just kind of looked out and it looked out into a tennis court and every afternoon 2pm there was a guy that played tennis like who plays tennis at 2pm why am I stuck here yeah. <laughs> wow did you have one of those auto dialer things so um, they came in I'd, I'd left the industry um, it was like a stint I did for a while but there was um, this thing called the auto dialer. So you could no longer just kind of take your time yeah, yeah, between yeah. calls. This thing would like, as soon as you hang up, it's just dialing the next Pretty person. much. Oh, brutal. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. This is constant. And then when you're on a call for too long, you want to serve the customer. They say, calls, uh, 20 calls waiting. Guys, take it. Guys, so you need to end the call without actually finishing what you've done to kind of take. So it's about quantity, not quality. Wow. So... You get a lot of pissed off people, so yeah. But yeah, that, that was got odd jobs here and there. But I think um, that was I think around the same time. But um, but I went back into the fitness industry. I think two thousand between two thousand and eight two thousand ten was pretty much a tough time in my life. Yeah. Um, pretty tough time. I mean, at that point, um, other than the career side of things, I was uh, with my ex partner, and the relationship was um, not ideal. Um, we were just not right for each other. And, and I think that was, that particular energy in my life was affecting everything about me. I, I lost my sense of who I was. Um, and, and yeah, I think, the, you know, there was, there, were, there was quite a few situations that led to this, but, but particularly the, the, the one pivotal moment in my life was, um, you know, in a psychosis, I had a, an argument with my, with my ex. Um, and in the psychosis, um, I actually um, wanted to kill myself. I wanted to actually um, just end my life there and then. Because all my life, I mean, a little bit of a backstory, all my life, because I was a sick kid, my parents gave me everything that I wanted in that sense. So in that sense, I was... I never really had to struggle yep. and because I didn't struggle I didn't learn what in a way hard work was so I think I, I always use the analogy of the caterpillar metamorphosizing into a, a, a butterfly if you just break the cocoon and the caterpillar doesn't struggle it's never gonna be a, a full-fledged butterfly in, in flight yeah and that's how I felt so so back to this particular occasion um, yeah, I I had this psychosis. I remember going to the um, the grocery store, the IGA, trying to uh, to look for a knife. Um, and I couldn't. I was just like psycho, trying to look for a knife. Wanted to just freaking stab myself, and I couldn't. And obviously the, the staff were just like, you, 
Luke, it's Chris. You know, I know this guy. He's the 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 the, the, um, the guy that works at the counter, and uh, I just like you know, who the who the f are you? You know, and then after that, I couldn't I couldn't find a knife. Um, so I went around the block, around the apartment block. Uh, first, I found my. I just decided to smash my head on the on the concrete floor. So that didn't work. So. Apparently, a security guard tried to stop me. Obviously, there was a bit of a commotion. Security guard came, um, tried to stop me, and apparently, I slapped him. So, so there you go. And then, so then I went around and I found a car um, parked on the side street, and I had this brilliant idea idea of smashing my head through the car window. So I I remember I can't remember how many times I tried. I I went. True. Eventually, I went true, right. and I just felt liberated when I broke true. That's funny that that I actually felt liberated and I broke a car window in my head. So so after that, um, I I it was all a bit of blur blur. I just I remember vaguely that um, I heard a commotion around me, and the next thing I know, um, I was sitting face up and like coppers were in front of me just with the flashlight, and I was just like, and I didn't know. I just felt like I was wet. It, was, it just felt wet. Yeah, every everywhere we felt wet. Apparently, my fat. What what I now know was my one of my uh, friends found me lying face down on the ground and I pulled my own blood. Um. So, so next thing I know, I found myself all wrapped up, snuggled up. I I, I lost consciousness. I, I lost consciousness. So I found myself all wrapped up, nice and neat, and and I woke, opened my eyes. I was in the ambulance. I was like, oh, this is nice and toasty. Oh, it's pretty comfy. I thought it was like in heaven, or you know, it's, this is what it's meant to be, you know. I saw this sort of the paramedics, and and next thing I know, they brought me to the hospital, and um, this I remember this guy with a really awesome hipster mustache. That's all. I, that's the first thing that I saw. It's like his hipster mustache, man. It was like that was on point. Um, is that you, God? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, God has a hipster mustache. Uh, mustache. Only he can. Yes. Yeah. So after, then after a while, I started, every started coming too. I was just like, what happened? Mm. Yeah. My, my, my t-shirt and jeans are all drenched in my own blood. And it was all kind of crusty already because it was kind of hardened. Mm. And eventually my friend came, my other friends came and just, um, and told me what happened. And I was like, and as the night started progressing, I was just like, my God, what did I just do? I just could not, like, I couldn't, like, I wasn't sure what. And I think back then when I was bashing my head through the car and all of that that I was doing, I think in the thought that in my head, that was going through my head was, I need to experience pain to learn. I need to experience pain to be better. I need to experience pain to be a, a much better person because I never got that struggle and I needed that struggle. But funnily enough, I still didn't learn from that. Um, subsequently, the second time, um, I, I won't go into to details, I, I got into trouble with the authorities for, for, for reason. I don't, yeah, like I said, for again, I got into, that was number two. Uh, and I, 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 at that point after, luckily nothing happened with that, that, that particular instance, I, I looked at myself like, what am I doing with my life? So that was a number two pivotal moment in my life. Um, and then I just kind of went 
I just kind of lived vicariously, you know, I was just like, you know, at that point in time, um, I just broke up with my ex, yeah. broke up with my ex. But the thing was that, um, I, you know, I, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't, I felt like I, I, you know, we had a relationship, we had a relationship where it was like friends with benefits in that sense. So we never really had a clean break. Right. We never, so I just felt like I, you know, it's the first time I'm really sharing this, but uh, I'm not proud of it, but at the same time, it's made me who I am today. Yeah. So, so by eventually, the third instance in my life was when she eventually found out that although we've broken up and we had this kind of relationship. So you're in that gray area. I was in that gray area. There was no clean cut because I felt like I was going to hurt her if I just said, no, I'm, yep. you know, which was bad of me. I'm not proud of who I was before. And then eventually when the third time was when she finally found out that I was with someone else, like yeah. in between, like, uh, and she's like, you've been lying to me all this while. And at, I opened the door to the house that we used to have uh, to live together and all my friends were there and they were looking at me like I was the scum of the earth, which I was, you know, in that sense. I didn't know any better. Um, and I closed the door and like she said, okay, she doesn't want to see you right now. And, and they just closed the door on me and they just kind of, I could see the peephole. And I was just like, you know, that was, it was a rainy day as well. I cycled there. Um, and I just felt that was, I would say that was the lowest point of my life. And I cycled home, um, from Richmond all the way back to the city, Melbourne. And I was just like, so many thoughts going through, like, what the F is going on? Like, why? Why? So I cycled home at a point I had a rented apartment uh, and I went to the rented apartment and went back home and I was tossing and turning and I, I eventually fell asleep. And when I woke up in the morning, I had a very, very vivid dream that I've never had such a vivid dream in my entire life. Um, I, woke, I, I dreamt that I was just kind of chewing and my teeth were shattering and, and and my, my teeth were like glass and they were just cutting my gums and my tongue and I was just could taste the blood. It was just so bizarre. It was so real. I, could, I woke up with the taste of blood in my mouth and I just did some research um, on what that dream meant because I, I think dreams tell you what's actually happening um, in your subconscious. I'll just... Like a metaphorical yeah, sense. Yeah, a metaphorical sense, mm -hmm. totally. And uh, it basically... And it showed that it's that particular dream. Other people have had it before. It's a sign of new beginnings. It's a sign of change. Wow. So that was really profound for me. So I remember that particular morning, I went to um, Burke Street Mall. It was, sun was rising. I made a decision to change the course of my life that very morning. So that was that pivot. That was the third time I said, Luke, you've effed up. Now clean the mess up and start afresh. So at that point, um, around that time, I was just kind of getting to know my ex, my, my now wife, Emily, who I dearly love, and we have a little girl now. So, but yeah, that was a moment where I just decided that I wanted to change my story. It's very hard for, for many people, um, unless they really get to that point mm -hmm. in their lives, to be able to have that one defining moment to mm -hmm. turn it all around. Mm -hmm. I find that a lot of people that, go through change they do it incrementally over yeah. time and they just slowly but surely they're just developing new habits mm. getting rid of the old habits and they're moving closer towards where they want to go but there are, are those people out there like yourself um, Eckhart Tolle talks mm. about that yeah um, 
about how they just completely had this catharsis and they just and and suddenly at that moment everything changed and it's generally when you've you've been stripped of everything yeah and the great thing about being stripped of everything is you get to rebuild exactly pieces that you want exactly so so that's what you've done pretty much and it's it's incredible because hearing that story is almost so far away from what your life looks like now and for many people uh a lifetime of uh, it takes a lifetime to to, to really yes. achieve what you want, but you've kind of crammed it. So since that point, you've really crammed a lot of achievements. Ten, yeah, nine. In yeah. in a in a bunch of years, yeah. And um, you know, let's let's take this into the light now yeah. because there's some really exciting stuff that you've done and that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And um, but thank you for sharing. That oh yeah, no, that's for sure. that that gives our our listeners and viewers context mm-hmm. to understand that. No matter what they've gone through, and I'm sure that that story, many people could relate. I know people in my life that, that would relate to that. Mm. And they can still, despite that, all that noise and all that, that, that darkness and, and, and drama and, and um, just feeling like you just despair, to then go on and say, actually, right now, from right now, you, in, in five years... If you apply yourself, your life could be completely different because, so that point was 2010. Ten-ish, nine, so it's been eight, yeah. eight years, yeah. but definitely you, you've, so if, hey, even if it's 10 years, yeah. the, the next 10 years of your life could be, be completely different exactly. to the first 30, yeah. if you wanted to. Exactly. And you can rewrite the script. And, and actually, because you've, you've gone through what you've gone through, you have that, that empathetic uh, understanding of other people so you're able to help them you're able to, to also go back to those memories and say I never want to be there again and that's what fuels you yep. no doubt to, to keep doing indeed. what you're doing indeed so you ch- you, how did you change your life up? I think I think I at that point in time I went into the fitness industry I mean 2008 global financial crisis so I went to a did my personal training well fitness was always kind of in my blood in that sense so I became a personal trainer got an awesome mentor um, his name is Ben and Ben became my mentor took me out to, told me how to sell told me how to become a best, better personal trainer um, so I worked in a commercial gym fitness first and just slowly started building sessions um, and then I think really um, w- I really wanted something to focus on, so she suggested, and we were just talking about it, you know, I've been training all my life, and it's like, why not just do a bodybuilding competition, just for the fun of it, you know, and for me, I just looked at it as a focus, so I can just kind of take away all the noise, and just really focus on something that I could just really put my heart and soul in, um, at that point in time, you know, I was fortunate with to, to have Emily, my wife, to be along for the ride, and we just, she supported me in my journey, and of course, I was doing it as an omnivore, um, and I was just kind of doing my thing. But it, it really gave me focus, which was great. So, so just to backtrack, so for our listeners, when you say omnivore, it means you're just eating meat. You're just yeah. eating food, like uh, as 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 ninety percent of the population. Yeah, ninety. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. I would say omnivore, but meaning high protein. Right. Like right. Kilo, okay. kilo a day. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that was. Like literally, you would go to the, the the markets and buy a kilo of like five, six kilos of meat, fish, chicken, lamb. You had a meat day. Yeah, like uh, like you cycle cycle your proteins, like right. with chicken. You get 
turkey is kind of similar to chicken. So chicken, fish, we've got a marinara, like seafood, and then we've got beef, we've got lamb, like, oh my goodness. Yeah, so you so you're eating all the meats, all the meats, and you can, how did you go? And you can't. I, I actually um, came, uh, I think second run up, and I won best poser, man. That's best gonna poser. Go, that's gonna go in the books. Okay. Uh, best routine. Does best this poser. does this exist on the internet anyway? Uh, yeah, the, the routine. I can okay. share the routine. We, yeah, we might. We might. Um, yeah. We want to see this. Did you break dance Melbourne Shuffle? No, what did no, you I, do? I didn't do Melbourne Shuffle. I just did. I actually did like a. I, a, I had a really good posing coach as well, and I incorporate a bit of like Muay Thai in there as well. So, okay. so in my pink trunks. Yeah. You know, okay. So. I'm pink too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. You need confidence, man. Yeah. So, um, all right, we're gonna try and link that. Um, yeah, yeah, on the yeah, on the sure. yeah YouTube side of things. Because um, sure, yeah. that'll be cool to yeah. show people so you you went in that um you know after you compete confidence yeah like for most people that uh that have never competed i wonder what that beep was no anyway yeah it might be telling us we're gonna wrap it i don't think so we'll keep going um (laughs) so competing is is a such an interesting process because you it's a journey into your own mind into your own uh your own cravings Mm -hmm. your own deepest darkest moments of just realizing that you're nothing but a human that just wants to eat exactly the moment that you're in a deprived state exactly it is it governs everything Everything, you become moody you all you're thinking about your next meal and i mean it's it's a really interesting process because you're fighting you know keep your muscle high body fat super low exactly most normal humans don't want to have of course that combination of scenarios going on to the extent that a bodybuilder does but you come out of it and generally that process of discipline and, mm. and, and resisting temptation because we're tempted by so many things in life. It's not just food. We're tempted by fast money, exactly. drugs, exactly. all these different things out there. But if you can go through a process of resisting temptation for three months, six months, and despite really, really feeling like you need to and you're just like, I can't, I've got to follow the program. You come to the other side of that actually and your life's in pretty good order mm. i found that most people that compete they finish the comp now if they do it the right way they won't have any weight management issues mm. if you come out and just eat eat the world you're, mm. you're gonna of course you know, go the other way but but generally their life is in a very structured uh way is that would you agree with that yeah i think it, it really creates behavior change because like you said you know you and it creates discipline too discipline because uh, I think uh, and I think that's the metaphor that I use for all that I do right now if I could do that's the thing you know you set one benchmark you set one goal if I could do that I could do this I can set more goals I can do once you achieve more goals you kind of stack goals on top of each other and that's really what what I've done done one goal and then um, and and I think I agree with you because it creates a different mindset Uh, I would say I would say an athletic mindset discipline uh, focus grit um, all of that roll into one and I think um, I think it was and that's really how my uh, after that that was when my kind of vegan plant-based journey began because um, do you want to go into that or do we yeah cool yeah absolutely so um, so yeah what what made you go plant-based oh yeah so so I think really um, it was initially starting with my wife because uh, Emily was uh, a short track speed skater so she was uh, from Canada so she, at that point she was skating for the Australian team about to uh, try and make the Olympics uh, I can't remember what year 2014 maybe Sochi 
Anyway, um, but yeah, uh, she was following my lifestyle. She was following my diet. She, we had like, like a, we used to go to Costco to buy a tray of meat because it was cheap. Um, it's uh, tri-tip. We had it. Uh, we had a flavor wave. So at five a.m., we flavor wave the the tri-tip. What's steak. a flavor wave? Well, it's like a like a like a like a George like a convection oven that cooks a meat. You just put time in, and it kind of crisp crisp on the outside, moist on the inside. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't That's even know what it is. It's been yeah. that long. Anyway, yeah. but yeah, it's a flavor wave. So anyway, we just used this flavor wave and just kind of a. Uh, like a convection cooker, cook the steak and at 5 a.m. with a knob of butter and like, because carbs were bad, you know, back in the day. Right. Was like, oh, so you were, you were keto before it was cool. Yeah, well, exactly. Okay. <laughs> yep. So the butter with the steak. Butter with so the all steak. all of the calories. All that. All the and, and but the thing was that Emily was following that and because of that, she never really ate a lot of meat. She had a lot of digestive issues. Um, we were on a whole host, whole, whole host of supplements as well. And, and because of that lifestyle, she had severe stomach cramps and she had a history of cancer in her family. I mean, her, her dad passed on from cancer, um, her aunt as well. Mm. And, um, and I think at one point we were worried that she had cancer. Okay. So wow. she was so, so, so she saw her story was she saw a post on social media about a friend looking at a plant-based lifestyle and she was like what's this fruits for for meals like how, how can anyone do that um this is so much sugar you know so so she, but she she decided to give it a go within days her digestive issues went away okay. she was energetic and i saw that and i was just like oh that's interesting very very interesting but i was still like you know like a, like a caveman i'm gonna eat my, my my kilo of mince so but but she was very welcoming and very open um, she shared with me this book, Food Revolution by John Robbins, and, mm-hmm. and I just read it. And it was a really interesting read about the sustainability, health, and everything on plant-based lifestyle. Kind of, kind of said, oh, that's interesting. And she, she wanted me to bodybuild, and she got me, keep, keep bodybuilding. She bought me Vegan Bodybuilding and Fitness by Robert Cheek. Yes. So it showed me, um, oh, that's possible. It's possible. So I, I was like, okay, but... Really, around that time, a friend of mine said, "You know, you're on this kind of on the fence. Interesting. I know Emily's on it. Uh, she got. She said, check out her links. Right. So that doco, when I watched that doco, I was just like, all right, I'm going to watch it on YouTube. That was that was harrowing. That was horrific. You know, uh, from all aspects of animal as commodities, like I was just shocked. Yeah. If 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 our, our listeners and viewers haven't seen that um, word of warning it's pretty brutal yes but it's truth truth. and uh, it's a hard truth to to swallow Mm. it's where it's 90 percent plus of of the um, animal uh, food products that people consume come from environments not dissimilar from what you see in earthlings yeah and i think most decent people call themselves animal lovers and and when you see that suddenly you're very conflicted because you think I'm an animal lover but and you yes. see, you're seeing the, the worst of humanity um, really really uh, destroying the, the the bond that we we have as, as our innocent yeah, yeah the, you know we're the, we're, hey we're the dominant species we've got a responsibility uh, and it takes a lot of strength to be kind and, and have mercy mm-hmm. it takes a, a higher form of strength to to resist uh, just your own cravings and go, oh, I just want to eat it whatever when you see that, 
very hard to, to, to want not. to support it, yeah. want to consume it. Um, and, and uh, I mean, it compelled, that, that sort of stuff is what compelled me to get out there and exactly. talk about it. I didn't just stop it. I'm like, I think people need to know this because it's, it's kept behind uh, closed doors that's, for a reason. You were one of my inspirations, my very, very early inspiration. So that's why when I met you, the very first time I met Nikki, so I was like, oh my God, I'm meeting Billy Simmons. <laughs> Me and Emily was like, oh, start. Sorry for the letdown. <laughs> I was pretty let down. I was like, is that? No, yeah. it's not, it's not all right. Batman. You know, he doesn't have a cape or the Batman and thing going on, man. He's just a average yeah that's right yeah just just that the thing is no one's ever seen me and batman in the same room together so I'll just leave it that. <laughs> <laughs> that is true that is true so so yeah I mean, where, where were we um yeah so after that documentary yeah uh i said i'm done i'm not gonna do this anymore overnight i switched so i i took whatever little knowledge i had of nutrition and just basically um swapped with um kilo of tofu yeah right <laughs> Not the smartest move, but um, but hey, had a crack. I mean, I, I was eating stuff raw, like our, no, it's not really raw because it's boiled. But I'd eat it out of the fridge, and I was like, "Fuck, this tofu yeah, tastes like shit." It does. Uh, but I'm eating it. I've got to eat it. This yeah, is what I got to eat. Exactly. It's telling me I'm gonna. This is what I got to replace the the meat with. Yeah. And uh, I had no idea. And, and um, I mean, geez, now it's so much better. Oh, there's, crazy! There's crazy. Some great no, options out there. Um, I mean, yeah, the IGA that we went to just the other night, man, I was blown away. Yeah, like, IGA, super little supermarket down Wabbage. in uh, just down in the hood. Uh, yeah. GC is not really a hood, but uh, oh, yeah. it's down there, and it's got. I mean, it's got everything, uh, every crazy. type of cheese, every type. Oh, these little vegan types of cheese uh, yeah, and, yeah. and uh, meals and all sorts of things. So that's how far it's come. So you're competing uh, still, but now you've switched up. You're on a plant based. Yeah, I, I decided that I wanted to stand on stage again yeah. to prove, uh, yeah, that you could do it on a plant based, hundred percent plant based diet, and I did. So I did it in uh, Australian Natural Body A and B, uh, and part of A and B that part of the category was to come up in a, a costume. Cool. Wear your costume. So I came up. I decided I had this brilliant idea of wearing a skin skin colored uh, leotard, uh, skin colored tights with a put a leaf on top. You had uh, those already, right? Yeah, of course yeah. I do. You know, yeah. as yeah. you do, so just, you know, you know, yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, we, absolutely. we Asian guys, you know, we just keep stuff like that. Yeah, just yeah. In, just in case. Yes, you know, <laughs> like break glass in case of emergency. You need your <laughs> skin tight thing. But um, but yeah, I had this, um, and I, I bought a, a a fake plastic snake from Toys R Us. Ooh, right. And, uh, I I had an iron on decal that said be, uh, vegan behind my bum. Oh, you uh, went you went full cheesy. I went like I went, real. I went to uh, uh, reject shop to buy one of those um, wreaths, like Christmas kind of mistletoe things. Well, then I, I I brought an apple and I came up as vegan Adam. So uh, that was my wow. my costume, and everybody was just like st- uh, was gobsmacked when they walked out because they thought I was literally nude because my tan blends so well with my skin tight um, tights I mean my skin colored tights wow so there were there was my claim to fame you know that's awesome now I'm sure that's been scrubbed off the internet by you or if it still exists okay right there you go hey well while it's still there let's also link that because that is awesome I keep my kids so it's a his, it's my history and yeah awesome so I, I placed in that one and um, I think around that time um, I, I formed the Evolve Generation as well with Sim, uh, Simi I think she's a fellow plant uh, uh, on athlete and a yeah. few others because I think when we were competing just wanted to find friends who were competing and who were vegan so I formed the Evolve Generation 
um, and really evolve. Uh, it was based in Melbourne. We were just initially just doing talks, free talks for free events here and there, and eventually moved up to World Vegan Day. We partner. We I got to know Lucy's a mutual friend of ours who runs events, raw events in Melbourne, and we started doing bigger events, and it was just kind of evolved. In a way, <laughs> um, but yeah, fitness uh, fitness events, and then we eventually had a fitness zone for two years running, which was pretty cool. But during the time that I started Evolve, I was it was kind of my thought was to have Australia's version of Plant Built because I saw Plant Built in the US doing their competitions, um, competing as a, a vegan team. So Evolve Generation was like Australia's answer yeah. to that. But at that time, I think I decided that. Hey, I want to join these guys um, in US. So we made a decision, and I think Prana on actually supported us yes. on our journey, which yeah. was so awesome. So he supported me, Simi, uh, Braden, and um, Shani. We went over to the US, Correct, yep. competed. Uh, so I competed as uh, uh, in the physique category, won that one. Um, and that was us and Plant Built together, assist the team. And then subsequently moving forward, like I don't want to go into details, but subsequent 2017, 16, 17, I wanted to compete again because I was done with bodybuilding. I went into CrossFit. Yeah. Um, so CrossFit is right right now is what I do. Gymnastics, CrossFit, I love it because I think that I was just out of the, the mindset of just aesthetics. I want, you know, I, I, I hated that I was always constantly critiquing myself, the way yeah. I look, how lean I was. So I just wanted to move beyond the aesthetics and actually move into a, a, a sport that's based on performance and, and, and how much work I can do and, you know, and things like that versus how I look. Mm. Yes. So, so I went into CrossFit, but, but yeah, you know, um, during then, during the whole journey, I met so many athletes, uh, met a lot of people in the U S so through that, all of that, I got interviewed by, um, Plant Peel Nation. They were holding a Plant Peel Summit. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Plant Peel Summit, I was amongst, I was just this normal guy amongst like Colin Campbell, amongst Michael Greger, all so these, these, are, these are doctors, doctors, um, for the viewers. Mm-hmm. yeah, so doctors that are, that are, um, I mean, at the, the top of their game in, in the field, um, and they also happen to advocate for plant based lifestyle, yeah, so, yeah. so, so I was uh, with all these guys on the summit, and I was just like, if only, and I was blown away, like, uh, you know, with all these people that I look up to in the plant based kind of community and then eventually I just thought what if I could you know bring all of that together like plant-based health and fitness and now I've done the summit I publish a book and yeah know, well then, hey, there's two points there we're not yeah. going to gloss over yeah. so uh first of all I think the book came first oh yeah that's about, true. about 2015 2015 yeah you right? were there for the launch yeah was awesome. yeah, yeah 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 so uh Awaken Alive uh is the title of the book which is very appropriate because yeah. Awake uh, I mean, that's a, uh, you know, I guess a, a, a word to describe that, that shift into consciousness mm, and exactly. And, uh, and I, I think that for a lot of people that, that are plant-based, um, it's because they're seeing holistically, uh, they're not just looking at their plate and thinking, mm. what does it do for me? They're thinking beyond that and mm. where does it come from and what are the consequences of that? So being awake, being conscious, I think it's a great, a great, um, title and alive mm. and, so- for someone that, that's experienced near death through uh, actions of your own doing, that's a pretty profound um, you know, phrase there, awake and alive. So I'm sure that you know, for you to, to sort of 
feel that now um, from where you've come from to, to articulate your journey in, in a book mm. and, and that being the title, I think it's really appropriate. It's a fantastic book. Uh, we're actually going to make sure that um, for anyone that, that hits us up uh, when we, we go live with this, um, this episode, um, if you email info at pranaon.com uh, and do it quick uh, and put the title Awaken Alive, if you email, uh, you'll get a signed copy of the book. So uh, that's only for the first three people to do that. So <laughs> three. First three. First not three. one. I'm going to do it one, but we're going to get three. Don't. So first three people in, uh, email info at pranaon.com. Title uh, in the subject line, Awaken Alive. Put your name and address uh, in your email. We're going to send you a signed copy of the book. Um, so, and really worth reading uh, because you you. you you go into uh, the nitty gritty as well. Mm. So we, we've not talked about it today, but yep. but um, in order to perform as an athlete on a plant based um, diet, you, there's certain things you want to eat, certain things you don't want to eat. You talk about that. I talk about so, nutrition, yeah. self actualization, my journey as yep. well. Um, I think it's yeah you're you're right you know it's it's well 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 pointed out because awake is the acronym for awareness uh, why taking action knowledge and expression and and I think it's I, I believe that and initially when I started this brand I went to I really I was helping I you know I was competing as an athlete and I was helping fitness models compete plant based fitness models compete but I was just thinking how can I maximize my impact in advocating this message so I decided to go back to school took a course in entrepreneurship. It's a 40, I think 40 week incubator. Uh, and it really taught me what an entre- what, how to be an entrepreneur, building you know, your profile, publishing a book and things like that. And that's how this kind of book eventuated. Um, but yeah, I think the brand that I started after that personal brand was Awake Method because for me, this is a method for that uh, how I became awake and also you know, I never thought that I would be here for one, speaking to you about my life story uh, when I was a call center looking at a guy playing tennis and wishing I was him. <laughs> yeah, what, what a journey. Um, and been. what a different reality. It, it has yeah. been. So, so the book's incredible, um, really worth reading for a lot of people out there um, that can relate to your story or want to know more about just sort of mm-hmm. even, even, you know, training. And, and look, on training as well, Luke, I really admire... The the, uh, the breadth of the skills that you've got. So, I mean, this guy, um, to our audience, I mean, you can do a human flag. You can, I mean, you've got some great calisthenic skills. Hey, you know, also throw down a bit of weight too. So, um, loves a clean, loves oh. a, loves, loves, loves a good wad. Frothing <laughs> um, now talking about yeah, clean. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, you've got, you've got a good engine yeah, and, and you've got this other, uh, these gymnastic skills for a guy that was, put needles in yourself and you know was on the Sick, yeah. at fat camp at school uh, to being able to do this stuff at, at a later stage of your life you didn't weren't we're doing that when you were young it's incredible it's a huge inspiration and it's um something for, for a lot of people out there that go oh, I'm too old or you know this is my story uh, i've never did that when i was young i wish i did and they're just living in this space of regret or that uh it's too old. Too well that's right the, the second best time to plant a tree um, was you know is now so exactly. yeah it was so that's you got to do it exactly um, so um, so that's in your own right incredible athlete and then the summit so the plant based summit uh, you you had a fifty thousand people yeah. uh, you know tuning in yeah. to this online uh, summit from and you tell us a little bit about that because that is incredible and that yeah. that type of response out there globally 
Um, yeah. And this year, you're expecting, oh, next year, uh, 2019, double that. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully we're going to double yeah. that. But, yeah. you know, like, it all started with a plant-based summit. How can I bring health and fitness together? If only we could have plant-based athletes as well as the doctors to really promote this message of health, fitness, performance. And uh, I think, you know, as with anything, I always believe in synchronicity. When you follow your heart, the right people and opportunities come to your life. Um, universal flow, whatever you want to call it. And I moved back to Singapore mainly for, um, I was based in Melbourne, but I moved back, I followed my heart because I knew my folks weren't getting any younger. Mm. Uh, my dad was 70 plus, and I was like, I had to be close to my folks. So I moved back home and started from the ground up, really. Uh, um, and and yeah, you know, uh, I met a good friend of mine now, Toby. We, we had us, we were met at Starbucks and he knew about my kind of, history in the plant-based lifestyle and he was in digital marketing and working for a renewable energy company I was like you know what about doing this summit and I was like yeah it sounds like a good idea I was telling him about this idea about like health and fitness and I was like let's do it and I was like oh, okay Ray, are you serious yeah let's do it <laughs> well wow. okay and then I remember we actually had a few conversations that like uh, the where the plant fit summit was launched was at the national library in Singapore right. places yes. so we had these conversations and I still remember okay we decided to do this summit in 2017 and I remember uh, alright who can I call who can I invite to be our first speaker and I called Josh Lejeune Josh Lejeune is a guy that was for 400 pounds who became an ultra runner following pretty much a plant-based lifestyle and obviously there were a lot of other things that he went through but it's, he's just such a motivational and champion in so many ways he's such a genuine guy he's been on the ritual podcast but anyway um yeah i got the first call from um josh Lejeune. i just because we were connected on facebook and uh, I called her, we, we've got our first interview. Right? <laughs> and then after that, we just kind of, all right, who else can I ask? I asked the plant built guys, us. And eventually, 2007, 50 speakers later, I was like, oh my goodness, we've got 50 speakers. So that was our first event. So, first event, um, we launched it online. It was a free event for me, for anyone who was interested in looking at what a plant based lifestyle is like. We had about 17,000 people that kind of signed up. Um, you, I think you were on the first one. Your first, yeah, bo correct. both first and second. So yeah. uh, it's funny because it was the other way around. I was interviewing you, um, but yeah. So we that was the first one, and I think for for me really is just to advocate. You know, uh, not many people are ready to jump in, but you know they want to know what it's about, want to know how to do it. So the goal is to make it very practical, inspirational. So we had. Um, cancer survivors as well lots of inspirational stories and then that was 2017 and it just kind of grew and then 2018 we kind of chopped it had about like 20 we had michael gregor um, i you know back in 2017 last year when colin campbell said yes i was like oh my goodness this is the guy that i was studying when i did my stu mm. certificate in plant basic so it's such an honor for him to Absolutely. say say yes order of the china to, study yeah, yeah order of the china study to say yes to the summit so kind of jumping back and forth. So 2000 and this year, we uh, we had a lot of good people on and the community is just great as well. And I think we hit about 50, 50K people that signed up and um, we're planning for 2019 already. And it really just started with an idea. And it was re it became a really full-time gig because, I mean, Toby is, Toby is a workhorse. It was, he's, he's a gun with tech, 
technicalities, uh, te- the technical aspects because it's so much uh, custom built website and everything, digital marketing, copy editing. So he was great. So for me, it was this connection with the community mm. um, and, and really getting everyone involved and getting everyone together. We have a Facebook community of 10K as well. So, so yeah, to, so playing for 2019. So, and we've had amazing responses, like people that watched the 2017 summit saying, you know, I've turned plant based, been in the group, um, you know, I'm feeling so much. We get so many, uh, so many messages of saying, you know, this lifestyle has really changed my life. And now a lot of these people that's one, one, but one person in particular, um, I, I'm thinking of, she's now a health coach. She's now okay. helping other people. Wow. So people not just have, have made transformations in their own lives but now are looking to lead and serve the community so it's 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 things like that that really fuel me because it's like wow it's like a trickle down effect now these people are you know this little event that we had this talk that we have with uh, has an impact on these people in, in remote parts of America yeah, absolutely I mean it's it's incredible the, the ripple effect you've got yeah. with that many people tuning in and getting that information mm. um, it, you know they're making those improvements in their lives mm. um, and they might not be um, you know might be sitting on the fence they might yeah. just be wanting to know a little bit more they might be really trying to fine-tune it because there's a right and wrong way to do plant-based yeah. and uh, you've got athletes doctors um, all types of people that exactly that, that people can relate to so where do they go to, to uh, tune in? So next year will be about mid-year, is that right? I would say probably September. So okay. that's yeah. planfitsummit.com. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I mean, all the last year's, this year, well, this year's, this year's speakers are, are still there. Yes. Um, planfitsummit.com, but next year will be planfitsummit.com as okay. well. Cool. Uh, so people can um, still go there now and, yeah. and look at this year's yeah. uh, content. Pretty much. So, pretty yeah, okay, much. cool. Pretty yeah, much. awesome. So, um, I mean, that's extraordinary. So... You know, to make an impact on that many people, you you really um, you've you've not just turned your own life around, but but I I suspect you're turning a lot of other people's lives around uh, for so. the better as well, man. So, so. Um, yeah, that's extraordinary. So remember, guys, um, you can get the book, uh, the first three copies. You can also go to what website to get it if you just want to grab a copy or. Uh, download it so basically um, I've got my own website livegreenlivelean.com livegreenlivelean.com and there is actually a free plant uh, plant based challenge there and also a free chapter of the book if you want to cool you want to see and also the documentary that my wife and I were featured in I think we watched that that's right yeah awesome documentary let us be heroes we're really honoured to be a part of Rebecca's Rebecca's film um do check it out it's free on youtube yeah we'll, we'll link that as well yeah. actually I, I really enjoy that really high quality uh went for about 45 minutes yeah uh yeah awesome so so all, all the information is on livegreenlivelean.com um everything that feel free to connect with me um you know for, for me i think i mean for me I'm, I'm just honored to be here um grateful to be alive uh and and i hope that you know my story of darkness to light can inspire someone to you know, see that there is, there is, there is hope, you know, uh, and, and sometimes, you know, I always, I, uh, I was sharing it and we had a conversation previously about, you know, sometimes there's one thing in your life, uh, that you need to change. Uh, and if you don't change that one thing in your life, everything around you kind of falls, it caves in. But when you actually address that one thing that it could be a living arrangement, it could be a relationship, it could be anything really if you address that one thing and and it often is is deep and it's often something that you don't want to face it's something that you truly deeply fear 
but when you actually face it, it, it becomes very liberating. And don't wait till the walls came in, don't wait till you smash your head into a car window, don't wait till you know, you get you get the door slammed by your friends. You don't need to wait till all of that happens to you to 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 change the course of your life. I think life gives you little little taps and you listen to these taps, but if you don't, it'll just give you a big whack, which it did, quite literally. And, and I think, you know, right now, like the, the best time to plant the tree, the second best time to plant the tree is now. So if you're going through something, if you feel like there is something in your life that you want to change, or you feel like it's something that's, it's probably just take this as a scientist, just go for it, man, do it. Absolutely, mate, you're living proof. Uh, thanks very much today thank Luke you Tan. thank uh, you always a pleasure we're going to go lift some weights right now yeah you do. love it so uh, alright mate thank you very much thank you sir appreciate it cheers